Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Lane. This is May. And today we're reading Secrets of a Summer Night by Lisa Kleypas. So as you probably already know, this is the first in the Wallflower series uh, and it was published in 2003. I'm going to just open it up with the blasphemy that I know we agree with. The Wallflowers are not our favorite Lisa Kleypas heroines. I know, I know, it's terrible. And it's hard and uh, I have such mixed feelings on all of these books, yeah. honestly. So um, I know that's my, it's kind of blasphemy. It, it really is. People love the wallflowers. I, and we've I don't hate this before. Yes, like yes. loved. Yeah, and there, there are books of hers that I still absolutely adore. Uh, I do really love, so this is Meg, I do really love Devil in Winter. And of course we will talk about it because we are gonna read all of the wallflowers. And without, getting off topic because clearly today is not devil in winter day i think i could have liked devil in winter mm -hmm. if it wasn't a part of this series yeah the context of the first two books yeah bring down devil in winter for That's me fair. so and uh, i mean i think we can wait until the end of the wallflowers to to recap everything but I just if you're expecting especially given how much we've gushed about clapis if you're expecting these to be like rave oh my god best series ever reviews we're just not there, you guys. Watch out, I guess. <laughs> All right, so the book jacket. Annabelle Payton, determined to save her family from disaster, decides to use her beauty and wit to tempt a suitable nobleman into making an offer of marriage. But Annabelle's most intriguing and persistent admirer, wealthy, powerful Simon Hunt, has made it clear that while he will introduce her to irresistible pleasure, he will not offer marriage. Annabelle is determined to resist his unthinkable proposition, but it is impossible in the face of such skillful seduction. Her friends, looking to help, conspire to entice a more suitable gentleman to offer for Annabelle, for only then will she be safe from Simon and her own longings. But on one summer night, Annabelle succumbs to Simon's passionate embrace and tempting kisses, and she discovers that love is the most dangerous game of all. I mean, this is not a bad book jacket. I'm going to be completely honest because it gives you what you need to know. Annabelle needs to marry money. Yep. Simon's got money, but says he won't marry her. I mean, that's that's basically what this book is about. I think the only thing missing is uh, the class conflict mm -hmm. because Annabelle is poor and needs to marry money, but she is gentry. Yes. And Simon, Simon. is not. Right. He's a, a butcher's son. And he's, it's not necessarily that he's opposed to marrying her. It's that he definitely doesn't think she'd ever consider marriage to him because he's not noble. Yeah. And so he's kind of, he's basically waiting for her to get to, to... Desperate enough. To get desperate enough to realize she's never getting an offer of marriage and then he will swoop in to save the day by making her his mistress. Right. But it's not that he's inherently anti-marriage to her. It's just that he thinks it's not even on the table. But yeah, otherwise I think it's a fine book jacket. This week, as usual, we picked a random number, or we randomly generated a number and wrote our own summaries based on that. Um, so my 13 word summary is, your husband can be a commoner as long as he has cash and is great in bed. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's it. Here's mine. Annabelle needs a rich man. Simon's rich and wants Annabelle. Where's the conflict? I mean, that's really where it is. The, con the conflict in this book is them misunderstanding the other's motivations and me and ends. Sort yeah. I mean, honestly. Well, 
I think he recognizes accurately that if she can get money and a title, she wants it. Yes. And that he doesn't have one of those things. Yeah. Um, so so, uh, so Annabelle is a snob. Annabelle's a snob. She want, doesn't want to leave the town. Mm-hmm. Simon is barely hanging on to the periphery of mm-hmm. certain ton events. So the only events he gets invited to are the ones where the people putting them on are in some way indebted to him. Or part of his very limited circle of friends. In other words, Westcliff. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Westcliff is the only member of the aristocracy willing to invite Simon because he's his friend and mm-hmm. likes him. But again, why are they friends? Because they've invested together in a foundry. Right, but Westcliff's not indebted. West- Westcliff is not indebted. Because Westcliff doesn't get indebted. <laughs> Look, we'll get to Westcliff. <laughs> we'll get there. But we have a lot. We do have a lot of tropes in this book. So many. So Annabelle has a sibling who must be protected at all costs. Yes. It's a little brother. He's a little brother. So she's doing it all for her family, especially all for her little brother. Mm -hmm. But she is doing it all for her family. We talked about the class conflict already. So there's major class conflict here, which honestly I think could have been really, really interesting. I don't think it was unimportant or uninteresting. Oh, I think it was very important. But I agree that... It's a part of the conflict that could have been leaned into more heavily yeah. to legitimize a lot of the Exactly. Book. She's a wallflower. And she's you... an aging spinster wallflower. Yes. So she's gorgeous. She's the, the most beautiful woman. Obviously. And that's a trope in and of itself. Yeah. But effectively, everybody knows how poor they are. And so even the men of her own class are waiting for her to get desperate enough to be a mistress because she's not bringing much to the table as a wife. Yeah. No one wants to marry her. No one wants to marry her. So they're not going to dance with her and lead anyone on. Not her and not anyone else in the town. Yeah. So what's the point? So she sits on the side of the ballroom all season long. For she years. With anyone. For years. Literally years. And she, and this is the Wallflower series, one of the days that she's off to the side wallflowering, she strikes up a conversation with three others who are doing so. Yeah. And they have sat for at least the entire year altogether. They've never talked before. Mm-hmm. So, which, I, I mean, I get it. It's for the book and everything, but I was also like, eh, you know, you could have said hello. Yeah, maybe <laughs> once or twice. Whatever. But so they, they make a decision to help each other find husbands. Yes. And they go in descending order by age. So Annabelle's the oldest So she gets help first. Women on the shelf. And as oldest, I mean, she's 26. Yeah. That's... The oldest of these four wallflowers. Right, but that means she's missed like eight prime baby-making years. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I th- and I think it, it bothers me less with Annabelle. It really does start to bother me with the others. Okay. We'll get there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway. Apparently, we can't just talk about this book. No. It's, it's really hard because it, this is... I think the reason you read these books is because of the series, honestly. Yeah. So, he, so Simon is an industrialist. He is a man of business. He makes money, he works hard, and he doesn't hide it. And he's not ashamed of it. Yeah. But the result of that is, trope alert, he's not at home in the company he's made for himself and not really at home where he came from anymore. Yeah. He's a man without a nation. Something like that. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. There is a house party. So the majority of this book takes place at a house party. House party. Which we will never complain about. We love house parties. Such a good plot device. Sounds great. There is a bit of ruination. Yes. I liked the way it played out. Same. This is not 
it's definitely subverted. Yes. This is not, they got carried away and got caught and therefore she's forced to marry him against her will or any such thing. Yeah. The, there is a lot of chess as a metaphor. Which, this is the third? Chess is the biggest metaphor ever. I was just teaching my daughter how to play chess and it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a very confusing game. Yeah. So I understand why we like to use it as this metaphor, but. But there's a part in the book where she goes to counter, they're playing a game without sitting across from each other. Like everybody's, ma they're making a move each time they go into this room. Mm -hmm. And there's a part in the book where she puts the pieces away. She puts them away because she just is like, I'm not going to play this game with you anymore. So are you going to be entering your daughter into any chess tournaments? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Just checking. If you're wondering why, listen to The Duchess War. <laughs> and this is the second book we've read in the past month where snake bites are quite important plot device. This time she's bitten. Mm -hmm. So gender swapped. The gender swap snake bite. Gender swap snake bite. <laughs> this came first though, so I guess. Anyway. And we do have a Gentleman Jackson's Get Fit Workout. This, of course, is for Simon, the richest industrialist in the land. Oh, yeah. So um, be a butcher's son and carry around beef. Yeah. Beef. Have beef. Um, this, this is very much uh, Rocky Balboa. Oh, yeah. You know? But, but they also say he, like, works in the foundry. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, not the type of man to sit aside and move his money around. If he's going to invest in something, he's going to do it with his whole being. Yeah. Speaking of the snake bite, so Annabelle is fainting and swooning, and he carries her up to his room. Oh, excuse me. He carries her up to her room, not his room. Correct. <laughs> it's not scandalous. That no, fast. no. And... She says, oh, I'm going to be too heavy for you. And he says, oh, I've been carrying around sides of beef my whole life. You know, <laughs> it's just very... Which, flattering comparison. Quite flattering, but also, you ain't going to say no yeah. to that. Oh, absolutely not. She also, at this point, physically can't. No. She's unable to walk. She cannot walk. She cannot walk. <laughs> she, she does need to be carried. She actually threw up in front of him. Yep. Which, so. woo. Yup. Look, I watched Nick's season of The Bachelor. You may remember that Vanessa puked on their date and they still made out afterwards. And after that, you know he's going to pick her in the end. And he did. So, I'm just saying. <laughs> Is that a trope, romantic puking? <laughs> I don't know if it's a trope, but I think it's um, foreshadowing. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. If you sure. puke in front of a guy and he's like still romantic with you, he really wants you. Oh, yeah. That's basically it. That's the whole trope. Yeah. So this is a reread for me. I read these books back when they came out, probably in, I probably read this book in 2008, 2009, and it was published in 2003. 2003. So I guess I read it very recently after publication. Mm -hmm. And when we decided to do this podcast, we thought, well, we, we definitely have to include Lisa Kleypas. But this was also before we even decided to do the podcast, just when we were recommending books, I asked you... Like, give me the, the defining books of the genre. Yeah. I, well, and I think I said you should read Devil in Winter. You did. And you said, well, if I'm going to read a series, I have to start at the beginning. I was like, I guess you can do that. <laughs> because, honestly, there is something from each of these books that I remember. The only book that I really, really remember everything about is Devil in Winter. This book, the only thing I remembered was their hookup in the linen closet in Paris Hotel. Yep. So there was something memorable about this book for me, and that's what it was. <laughs> Everything else, as I reread it, I was surprised all over again. So. Yeah. Just, just saying. Um, 
There's a couple of really cute moments, I think, beyond that I remember, because I didn't read this very recently. It was when we first started talking mm -hmm. about romance novels two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I remember the way they meet. Mm -hmm. So in the very first chapter, it's kind of the beginning of Annabelle's poverty. And yeah. she and her brother are... She has scrimped and saved to go to a panoramic light show. Yeah. And as they arrive in, in line, they realize that the price has gone up. So she doesn't have enough money for the two of them to go to the panoramic light show. And Simon, the butcher's son... Who her brother happens to know. Well, they have been to going the right. to the butcher for years and years. So his brother knows Simon, uh, says hello. And Simon says, well, I I'll pay for you. I can pay for you to And go. Annabelle's mortified. She's, she's so snob, embarrassed. She's, she's of the ton. The idea that someone would know and assist them in this is unbelievable to her. But Simon still pays. They go in and the lights dim and Simon totally kisses her in the dark in public. Yup. I'm going to be disappears and then leaves. I'm going to be completely honest. I was a little squicked out by this the second time I read it. I did not think it was super cute. I was like, damn, he just totally took advantage of having paid for her to go into this thing and then kissed her in the dark. Yeah, I don't think I remembered it as a good or a bad thing. Yeah. It's not like I remember it being sexy. It was just memorable. Yeah. That like she's mortified and hurt that he did this but there's this crackling sexual chemistry he gives in and then disappears for like two, two years. years i was like it's a memorable start <laughs> yeah so this this is classic claypus and that there's a lower class man turned super rich mogul something yeah so maybe he's a gambling hell owner maybe he is an industrialist maybe he does something with money we don't know exactly what a la mckenna Yep, I was gonna say, is he an American? No. Yeah, he could be an American. <laughs> you never know. Happen. But there, there's some kind of overcoming the class in which mm -hmm. you're born. So this is, I would say, common Kleypas hero. Yep. In that sense. He also gets her a gift that's really sweet. I did like this. A I lot. do like. Th so he buys her boots, and mm -hmm. the why is all in the story. But I like the contrast of the way that gift was given to the way the ticket was bought, and I mm -hmm. like the way that they flirt over him not giving her the boots. Yeah, it's, uh, it's that sweet. I really did like that part. I'm going to be completely honest. I really liked it. I and I mention this because this is very similar. So I'm I'm bringing this up because of the snake bite. So we just read Tessa Dare. The third Spindle Cove book, A Lady by Midnight? Yes. Is and that? That's exactly okay. it. And in that book, they she's very upset about something. The hero finds her, decides to take her somewhere, you know, so they ride a horse together. And he actually thinks in his head, I normally this would be very arousing, but she's totally crying, so... Which, you once know. again, low bar, but thank you. Yeah. Same thing happens here. So, basically, she gets a snake bite. He's carrying her upstairs. One of his friends, Westcliff, sort of chaffs him about it. And he says, oh, so now you're taking advantage of young women who are ill and can't fight back. And he says, difficult as it may be for you to believe, I receive no lascivious pleasure from the sight of a woman in pain. So, there you go. High standards. But thank you. But thank you. Also in this book, it gets contrasted with someone who, who does try to take advantage of her. So she's very weak. She can't fight back. And someone tries to sexually assault her. Yep. Uh, so there's a literal contrast in the, in the text. Oh, we should also say trope love triangle. 
ish. Sort of. I mean, it's only ever sort of in these yeah, books. It's not like that's true. Ever two real romantic prospects. Um, in this case, she's pursuing an aristocrat. Yeah. Who's less well off than Gideon. Than Simon? I'm sorry, than Simon. Yes. But who's not poor. Yes. So, um, yeah. a lot of these moments of romantic tension are underscored by the fact that she's pursuing yeah. another. So this is also a typical Claypus book in that we get a ton of plot leading up to their marriage. Oh my so, God. So, spoiler alert, they get married. Like halfway through the book. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of, a lot of plot, a lot of things happen. We get a lot of character development. We have a lot of she plays rounders with her friends. She goes to the bull. She gets bitten by a snake. She plays chess. She gets sexually assaulted by Lord Hajam. You know, she flirts with Lord whatever his name is. Yeah. So a lot of stuff happens. And then after they get married, we just get a lot of sex. And no more plot. Well, except for plot that was not organically built up to. Right. Then we just get some weird plot points. Mm -hmm. uh, There's two like emergencies that happen. Yes. That like both involve the police in different ways. Yeah, that jump out of nowhere. That and they didn't like there are emergencies. I get it. It's not like there needed to be foreshadowing. I mean, I guess that's true, <laughs> but but it it did not work. The, the narrative here as is not as flowing as I usually expect from Claypus. Yeah, yeah. And then I so for me the weakness of this book is why Simon wants Annabelle. I get that they are attracted to each other. Mm -hmm. I understand why she eventually does fall for him because they build up, they do build up a relationship. They, through conversation, through talking, mm -hmm. through his actions, the gifts that he gives her mm -hmm. and how he treats her. So I understand why she falls for Simon and he's rich. Mm -hmm. So he has everything that she needs and everything that she wants, mm -hmm. but I don't understand why he was so into her. And Annabelle actually sort of, thinks about this in the text mm -hmm. where she's like I was so busy considering what it would be how it would be worth it for me to marry him or if it would be worth it for me to marry him that I've never really considered why he married me and what he derived from benefit from this yeah but I don't think that question is answered in the text I don't either that's but to I, me that's the biggest issue of this book and I think it's I, I just think it's interesting that it's called out in the book mm-hmm and but is not the part of the book yeah mm -hmm. so I he says that he's like, he has been obsessed with her since the kiss mm -hmm. at the light show. So, for years. Because, and he says it's because of her strength of character. Because she's been so proud and, I guess, family-oriented. Which is fine, but that's, he says it. Yeah. There's no, like, There's no evidence exactly. that he values it in the text. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Uh, no, yeah. so I totally agree. I like this one. Yeah. Like, I don't, and it might be, it's definitely my top two of this series. Uh, me too. <laughs> this is also, this is my number two in the series. Um, so I'm not saying I dislike this book. But it's, it's, it's just a shame because I think Annabelle's a unique character in that she really buys into the aristocracy. She's pretty and proud, which yeah. I think is often an overlooked, like, trait for the villain, not a trait for the heroine. Yeah. Um... And I think she and Simon have a lot of fun together. Like, I yeah. like reading their scenes. And so it's just a, a shame that the, like, deeper relationship development wasn't quite there. Yeah. What I, so what I kind of wish had happened is that he saw her, he wanted her because she was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And she accepted him because he was rich. Because for a long time, she's just been rejected. She's been, he's asked her to dance at several balls, and she never has. Right. That said, I think she's 
under the impression he wants her as a mistress and right. doesn't want that to be pursued. Right, but if he had maybe made it more obvious at the beginning, mm -hmm. I, I would have liked a marriage of convenience plot. Yes. Um, rather than what we have, which are, what we have isn't bad. It would have been nice if he had made it clear that he wanted to marry her and then she was like, well, I'll do it for my family. Mm -hmm. And then once they're married, they have these conversations, things deepen, and they both fall in love with each other then. Mm -hmm. I think I would have really liked it if that had happened. And, but in this case, it ends up being a marriage of convenience of sorts. Sort of, yeah. So I can see that. I think I, if, I, if we're picturing the same thing, I think I would have liked mm -hmm. that story. Yeah, because she she does end up choosing Simon. Yes. She could have... So here's what we're talking about, the ruination, maybe. What happens is she sets up a rendezvous with her other aristocrat that she's been cultivating. In She has her friends, the wallflowers, who are going to come surprise them. Mm -hmm. And in, she feels that she just can't do that to this man. And instead she leaves and she finds Simon and she and Simon start making out. So of course they come and find her and Simon in a compromising situation. But she's... But just, she has chosen. She picked him. Like she broke it off with the other guy. She ran to him and she was like, you've ruined me for other men. Yeah. Not she's like, fine, I will be your mistress. And he's like, no, you'll be my wife because that's what I've wanted all along. And I thought... Simon, why didn't you just tell her? Yep. But whatever, that's just me. We also just get a lot of Westcliff. Yeah. I do really like Westcliff a lot. I think he's such a cool character. He's so barely present in this one, though. He just shits on Annabelle. Like, that's I mean, he does. He does, but then at the end, he also he changes his mind, and he shows himself the bigger man by apologizing. Yeah, but he changes his mind because of... Yeah. A single act of valor, not... Yes, I get it, but also, yeah. I don't know. I like Westcliff. It's fun. Yeah, exactly. It's really fun. And he's not afraid to get his hands dirty. Well, no good rugged strapping man is. No, no Kleypas character is afraid to get his hands dirty. Yeah. Like, that's it. I was reading somewhere about Georgette Hare, and it's like, if he's a boxer, you know he's going to be the hero. And I'm like, oh, so true. Well, with Kleypas, it's the same way. You know that if he's not afraid to get his hands dirty, he's, he's going to be the hero. Or he's going to be a hero in some book. <laughs> right. In Westcliff's case. Um, did anything about this offend you? I mean, yeah, it did. I already touched on Simon's non-consensual kiss, yep. which is what opens the book. And then... Quite a few of their early makeouts are non-consensual. She she tells him no. She literally says no, and he just keeps going. And of course, since you're in her head, you know that she doesn't want him to stop. But, but. he should stop, and then she should say, "Actually, no, kiss me." But there are ways to get around that. Right. So, uh, didn't love that part. Me either. And obviously. <laughs> We talked about how there's a gross suitor pursuing Annabelle. Yeah, so this, this gross, is more trigger warning -y than offensive. It is. But he's so they make him the worst, like the nastiest person ever. So basically it's this guy who's been carrying on with Annabelle's mother for several years. And then now that he's tired, now that Annabelle doesn't seem to have any prospects of marriage, he's decided that he's gonna now prey on Annabelle. And he's going to blackmail the family. Mm -hmm. That essentially he never was publicly kept Annabelle's mother as a mistress. Right. Partially because they're too proud and it would ruin the family's standing, but also he was secretly paying the bills for them sort of thing. And um, 
now he said that if Annabelle doesn't sleep with him, he'll expose the relationship he had with her mother. Mm-hmm. And thus, like, ruin her relation, her reputation. Yeah. And preventing them from being able to have her marry for money to save them. Yeah. And so she, he is the person who attacks her while she's too weak to fight back. Yep. The person who stops the assault is her mother. Mm-hmm. And she stops it by saying, come sleep with me instead, basically. So it's really a pretty... Messed up situation. Yeah. And then Annabelle sees her mother again immediately after the encounter. And... It's not... Was not... This was never a mutual... No. Situation. So it's tough. Yeah. I don't know. It's a relatively minor part of the book. And it's never explicit. And it's, you know, not like she has this horribly traumatic past. But definitely a trigger warning. Yeah. How sexy was this? I mean, it's a clapis, So it's pretty sexy. It could have been sexier. I have, I mean, I don't know she if spends, you've read Worth Any Price. She spends a lot of the book um, with a snake bite. Yeah. So it's sort of hard for any of that to be sexy. Yes. The snake bite is not sexy. We already said she threw up. She also just can't get out of bed. And she's like all sweaty and smelly. And too. she's like, I look disgusting. Yeah. So there's a lot of grossness. But they do have a few hookups. They do. And then after they get married, they have a lot of sex. Really, there's a solid 10% of the book where plot's just out the window. They're yeah. just hooking I don't, up all I over don't know Paris. if you heard it when I said that what happens is there's a lot of plot, then they get married, and they have sex. Like, there's, that's what the book is. There's also a moment. So they do have their honeymoon in Paris. Mm-hmm. And um, so he takes her to a jeweler mm-hmm. and buys her lots of pretty baubles. Yeah. And she's very, I don't need it, I don't need it, like the mindset of someone who's been poor. And he's like... Okay, but you're not poor anymore. You're married to Simon Hunt. You got this. And so <laughs> did, you, did, did you know your name is Mrs. Simon Hunt? So he buys her some big rings, and the second they're on her finger, they're hers, and she's over the moon. And yeah. I'm just saying I get it. Oh, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I, there, there's no way in hell I'm blaming Annabelle for that. <laughs> she's just like, pretty things, now have sex with me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, once they're married... The, the consent becomes very enthusiastic. Yeah. So once she chooses him, once she consciously says, this is the person I'm going to be with, whether as a mistress or as a wife, she never says no again. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank God. I mean, she never, he never should have done anything while she was saying no, but right. anyway, just saying. So that was good. Points for she that. Also, he's convinced she was having an affair with the gross guy and not her mother because all he knows is that gross guy pays their bills at the grocer. Right. And so he finds out Annabelle is, in fact, not someone's mistress and is still a virgin on their wedding night. Just would have tweaked that touch. Yeah, just a little. A little more honesty, a little less emphasis on virginity would have been cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But yeah. other than that, it was hot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, as usual, for Claypus points for original locations. <laughs> linen closet! I mean, the linen closet was hot. Oh, my God. So, basically, he comes home from a day of, I don't know where he was. To and find. she's out, like, playing cards it's with In the lobby matrons. with other people in the hotel. And he whispers to her, I don't know what you're doing with that game, but you've got five minutes until we're having sex. And 
if in five minutes you're still here, we're about to scandalize this whole establishment. And so she the, thinks he's joking, and then she sees the glint in his eye, and she's like, <laughs> Bye! <I'm cold." laughs> and then it's a race to make it to the bedroom, and they don't. They don't make it. So, very sexy, very cute. And of course, I also like the part where she's like, what do you think is going to happen? He's like, it's Paris. <laughs> They're French. They've seen it all. <laughs> It's it's very cute and it's very sexy. Yeah. So that's good. And then uh, most of the time they don't have a home. They are living in a hotel. So mm -hmm. lots of hotel sex. And then there is there is the whole taking her back to her childhood room and yeah, but that's once again a situation where they were lucky to make it to the bed. Exactly, exactly. It started in the foyer. And he would have kept it in the foyer. And she's like, mm, let's just go to my room real quick. Yeah. It's hot, though. I mean, that's I really... Mean, look, I'm not saying that... Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, this is a, a strength of Clapus. Yep. And then, of course, the big ending is they're in love or whatever. It's... You know, it's just a shame. Like that's really where there's less meat. Yeah. So the, I just want to mention that we ha we do have a lot of Clapus foreshadowing. I don't know if foreshadowing is the word when it's like you're hit over the head with a shovel. <laughs> well, we have Westcliff and Lillian, of course. Yep. They so the wallflowers go and play rounders, which I guess is sort of a mix between baseball and cricket. Anyway, they're out playing rounders in their unmentionables because they can't play in dresses and Westcliff and Simon are riding along and happen to come across them and neither Simon nor Westcliff even notice that there are two other girls Simon is just focused immediately on Annabelle mm -hmm. and Westcliff is focused Im immediately on Lillian yep so I, I don't hate it. I love it. I mean, do you think their animosity might be hiding something, Lane? Well, yeah, especially because Westcliff has been shown as this, like, unflappable dude. Yeah. And then Lillian, he's flapping. Yeah. Well, and Lillian, she hasn't been shown to be super unflappable, but she has been shown to be super practical. Yes. And he's the one guy where she's not, she's not logical about it. She mm. just, she just hates him. A lot. Yeah. She blames we, him for having snakes on his property at yes, one point. Exactly. <laughs> it's great. Exactly. Uh, we do get a mention of Lord St. Vincent. He's a rich man who won't be marrying anytime soon. And Evie says, he's the last man I'd ever want to marry. I wonder who Evie's going to end up marrying. I think it's subtle. It did. I actually think it's pretty subtle for Clapus. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I was re-listening to some of our old episodes because, uh -huh. you know, I do that. And I was listening to one of Tessa Dare's the one you loved. Like, your favorite one. When it's got Tyson on? No, 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 no. When she's got the menagerie of animals. Oh, yeah. The, the wallflower wager. Yeah, wallflower wager. And we talk about how the foreshadowing for the next one is actually, like, so amazing. So subtle and so amazing. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah. like, the contrast between the way Tessa Dare does it and the way Clefus does it, like, yeah. they're not in the same universe. No, 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 they're not. Um, and then we do get a mention of the Rutledge Hotel and the reclusive owner, Harry Rutledge. So we will have to wait for five more books for this to pay off, but it will pay Which off. Which book? Married by Morning. Okay. Or Love in the Afternoon. Okay. What are the Hathaways? Okay. But it's not the first Hathaway. N or the second, or th uh, the third. I think it's the fourth. So it might be eight books from now, actually. It could be. <laughs> That's why <laughs> quite I'm, a few I'm books. like, dang. It's okay. quite a few books from now. So yeah. I'll give her actually subtle on that one. Yeah. Well, I'm, I wonder if if Harry Rutledge was going to be the love interest for Daisy 
because I've I've always thought that that was the weirdest book. <laughs> I've always I have yeah. always thought like this guy ends up with Daisy <laughs> because anyway, he's the one like her dad has sold her. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, we'll, we will get there. But I so I've always wondered like was Rutledge supposed to be for Daisy? Was Cam Rohan supposed to be for Daisy? There are a lot of people who could have been for Daisy, and I don't know why it was some guy we never heard of before, but whatever. It's, it's cool. fine. It's fine. Whatever. I'm not going to question it. Yeah. So anyway, look, this is not a bad book. No. If you want to compare it with some other romance novels, <coughs> Stephanie Lawrence, this book is like head and shoulders above that. I... Mm. I don't feel like it's apples and oranges. It, that, I mean, that's, that's true. I mean... I, I've had more fun reading Devil's Pride than I have reading <laughs> Secrets of a Summer Night. But they're, you're right, though. They're, they're very different. Yeah. I mean, this is better written and more realistic. Like, the characters yeah. are more realistic. It's just, I think, one, I've loved a lot of Clefess before, so it's sort of a letdown. Yeah. I feel like what she's usually so good at, yeah. like, really building a relationship I care about, worth any price, that I'm just a little Lady Sophia's lover. Mm-hmm. That I end up with this one being like, oh, where's that substance? Where's yeah. that like more than just sexual chemistry? Yeah, because that's what she that's what she's really good at is sexual chemistry. Yeah, and that's here. That's here. So that's there's nothing missing there. But so that's Secrets of a Summer Night. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.